Welcome, everyone, to another episode of our award-winning podcast. I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. Today, we've got a mind-bending topic that's going to take us on a journey through mathematics, climate science, and the power of Bayesian statistics. That's right, Jen. We're diving into the deep end with Bayesian nonparametric generative modeling of large multivariate non-Gaussian spatial fields. Now, that's a mouthful, Tom. Let's break it down for our listeners, shall we? Spatial fields, to put it simply, are like maps that show how certain values, like temperature or humidity, change over an area. Exactly. Now, in many fields, especially in climate science, we need to study not just one, but multiple variables across space at once. Think of it like a multi-layered map, where each layer represents a different variable. But here's the catch. Real-world data can be messy. It doesn't always follow a nice bell curve, which statisticians call a Gaussian distribution. That's where Bayesian nonparametric modeling comes into play. Nonparametric means that the model doesn't assume a specific statistical distribution beforehand. It's flexible and adapts based on the data it sees. And Bayesian refers to a statistical method that allows us to update our beliefs about a system using the data we collect. It's like a feedback loop for improving our understanding. Our paper focus, scientists Paul F. V. Wieman and Matthias Katzfuss, created a way to describe non-stationary univariate spatial fields using what's called a triangular transport map. Imagine you have a moldable map where the mountains represent high values and the valleys represent low values. This transport map idea reshapes our moldable map into a flat surface where the variation of our variables becomes much easier to handle. They then expanded this approach to multivariate fields, dealing with multiple variables for a small number of data samples. So basically, they turned a complex 3D mountainous terrain into several manageable 2D landscapes. This is especially powerful when you don't have much data to work with. By using regularization priors, which are assumptions that help guide the model, and quantifying uncertainty, the method stays robust and can even address uncertainty in predictions. And let's not forget scalability. These Bayesian methods can handle high-dimensional spatial fields, plus train with few samples, and the implementation can be sped up with something as cool as parallel computing. How did they test this method? They looked at hydrological variables from climate model outputs, which are definitely non-Gaussian. Things like fluctuations in river runoff or soil moisture levels, which can be crucial for predicting weather patterns and climate change impacts. They used special algorithms for the heavy computational lifting, Jen. Algorithms like stochastic gradient descent help them make the most of their data without needing supercomputers to handle the calculations. And what they found was pretty exciting. Their method not only learned the distribution of these multiple variables, but did so in a way that scales well for big data sets and small sample sizes. This is game-changing for areas like climate science, where capturing the relationships between variables is critical for reliable predictions and understanding the stress of climate conditions on our environment. It's like finding a treasure map that adapts as we explore giving us better tools to predict where X marks the spot in a shifting landscape. That's the power of this Bayesian nonparametric generative modeling. What a fantastic episode. We navigated through the peaks and valleys of Bayesian modeling and emerged with a better understanding of how it helps us map out our world's complex variables. 
Thanks for tuning in, folks. This has been Tom and Jen bringing the marvels of mathematics and climate science to your ears. Catch us next time for another enlightening discussion. Until then, stay curious and keep exploring the wonders of science. Has your daily commute got you down? Stuck in traffic, staring at brake lights instead of starlights? Then you need a ticket to ride on the Starlet Choo Choo Teak, the only train where you can dine with the divine. That's right, Jen. Forget those mundane terrestrial transits. At Starlit Chuchutique, our tracks are sprinkled with stardust, making every trip a celestial celebration. Love the sound of a train whistle? How about the giggle of a shooting star as it zips through the cosmos? Our engines don't chug. They chuckle with the cheer of the universe. And let's talk about accommodations. Our dreamer pods will have you snoozing in the soft embrace of a nebula. Wake up from your cosmic slumber to enjoy breakfast in the Zero-G Bistro, where the orange juice floats alongside your sense of wonder. All aboard the whimsical wagons of the starlit choo-choo teak. Your seat won't just recline, it'll redefine relaxation in reclination. You'll find no end of the line on this railway. Our track is a loop-de-loop -loop around the luminous Milky Way. So, why ride a train when you can soar on a shooting star? Visit Starlit Choo Choo Teak, where every journey is out of this world. Departing every night from your wildest dreams. Tickets available at the twinkle of an eye or visit us at starletchuchuteak.galaxy. Stardust not included. Starlit Choo Choo Teak is a proud sponsor of this podcast. Choo Choo Choose the Stars with us. And to infinity and beyond goes our earthly acclaim for such a sponsor that's truly out of this world. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I'm your host, Tom. And I'm Jen. Today we've got a brain-bending topic for all you neuroscience buffs out there. We're diving into the world of differentiable vector quantized variational autoencoders, also known as VQVAEs, for encoding white matter streamlines. That's right, Jen. This might sound super technical, but stick with us. We're going to break it down and have some fun along the way. Let's start with the basics. What exactly are white matter streamlines? White matter streamlines are pathways in the brain that allow for communication between different areas. You can think of them like the wiring that connects various components of a computer. And neuroscientists are super interested in these because they help us understand brain connectivity and can be essential in studying diseases like Alzheimer's or multiple sclerosis. Now this study we're talking about, it wants to tackle a significant challenge. How do we compress the complex geometry of these streamlines into something more manageable without losing vital information? The authors of this paper, all brainy folks from UCLA, have proposed using a special kind of neural network to reduce these highly detailed structures into a low-dimensional latent space that keeps the essential features intact. Let's unpack that a bit. Imagine trying to fit a life-sized elephant into a toy box. You can't, right? But what if you could represent that elephant with a much smaller, say, action figure? That's kind of what an autoencoder does. Exactly, Jen. But the team here isn't just content with old-school autoencoders. They're after something called a variational autoencoder, or VAE for short, which not only compresses data, but also controls how it's compressed. And the twist comes with their novel approach, the differentiable VQVAE, or the VQDIF. 
It improves upon the existing models by making the quantization step fully differentiable. That's important because it means their model can better adapt during training, giving us a more robust way to analyze these white matter streamlines in reduced dimensions without all the noise. They've even put this new model to the test against other state-of-the-art autoencoders and found it gives superior performance in both encoding the data and then recreating or synthesizing it. And to make sure their findings can be reproduced and built upon, they've made their entire dataset and model open source. How cool is that, Jen? Super cool, Tom. It's like giving away the secret ingredients to your award-winning cake so everyone can bake it. Before we wrap up, let's touch on the implications of this research. Jen, why is this important for everyday folks? Well, think of it this way. A tool like VQDIF could help us understand brain wiring more efficiently. It could lead to better diagnostic tools, more personalized medicine, and ultimately improve treatment for neurological disorders. It's a game changer for brain science. And if you want to learn more about the geeky details, we suggest reading the full paper, which we'll link in the podcast description. Thanks for tuning in, and don't forget to hit subscribe for more mind-expanding episodes here on our podcast. Until next time, keep those neurons firing. Signing off, this is Tom and Jen wishing you a brainy day ahead. Are you tired of the same old, same old when it comes to setting sail? Then hold on to your life jackets because Spectral Spokes and Sails Inc. is about to ghost your boat. Imagine cruising the seven seas with a celestial crew that won't feed on your fish sticks. Our flagship model, the Ghost Ship Wheel, guarantees you'll never sail alone because who needs Wi-Fi when you've got a Y-Goli? With sails that shimmer like a banshee's whale, you'll be the talk of the marina. And talk about eco-friendly. Our ships run on 100% authentic ghostly groans. Zero emissions, infinite eerie. Haunt the waves with a certified ghost captain who knows how to navigate the Bermuda Triangle like it's a kiddie pool. And forget about pirates. The only thing boarding your ship will be lost souls looking for a good time. So drop those mundane anchors and raise your spooky spirits. With spectral spokes and sails, Jen and Tom, where the afterlife meets the aft deck. Visit spectralspokesandsails.com if you dare to book your supernatural sailing adventure today. And tell them Tom and Jen sent you. It's a ghostly endorsement you can trust. Hello, and welcome back to another informative episode of our podcast. I'm your host, Tom. And I'm Jen. Today, we have a fascinating topic on the nexus of technology and security, the Jump Particle Filtering Framework for Joint Target Tracking and Intent Recognition. That's right, Jen. It's a pretty complex subject, so let's break it down into bite-sized pieces. We're exploring a high-tech way to predict the movement and intentions of objects. Think drones, vehicles, or any moving target. This isn't just about where something is going, but also figuring out the underlying why. To start, let's imagine you're tracking a drone. Traditional methods focus on the drone's current position and where it's headed next. But with the methodology we're looking at today, it's not just about following the drone. It's like playing detective, predicting the drone's next waypoint or final destination by understanding its goal. Precisely, and it all boils down to Bayesian framework. Jen, could you remind our listeners what Bayesian refers to? Sure. In simple terms, Bayesian methods are a statistical approach that involves updating the probability of a hypothesis 
as more evidence becomes available. In the context of our topic, this framework uses several novel latent intent models, which consider the target's hidden goals and how they influence its movement. So while traditional models might just react to what they see, this new approach tries to piece together what's going behind the scenes, predicting behavior changes even before they happen. Let's take a deep dive into how the methodology works. It's like a game of chess. You've got your chessboard. That's your state space where your target can move. Right. And there's a sequential Monte Carlo method, also known as particle filtering, which estimates the target's kinematic state, a fancy term for its position, speed, and such, and its intent simultaneously. To enhance this process, the method employs something called Rao Blackwellization. It's a bit like bringing a supercomputer to a chess game. This technique significantly improves statistical performance by reducing the complexity of the calculations. And they've, they've tested this with both simulated data and real-world radar measurements, proving the system's effectiveness in tracking and intent recognition. Absolutely. What's groundbreaking here is this approach's versatility. It can be tailored to various motion models, including highly maneuverable objects like drones, making sharp turns or sudden movements. To put it metaphorically, this framework isn't just tracking a runner in a marathon. It's understanding the runner's strategy and predicting their pit stops and finish line before the race is even halfway done. That's a great way to put it, Jen. And these methods aren't hypothetical. They have practical applications in areas like surveillance, autonomous driving, or even optimizing sensor deployment. So imagine a surveillance system that can not just follow a drone, but also predict its intent to enter a no-fly zone or identify its planned landing spot. That's what we're looking at here. Exactly. And for our tech enthusiasts interested in the lingo, the paper mentions terms like Bayesian inference, particle filter, Kalman filter, and intent prediction, among others. Pretty technical stuff, but the importance cannot be overstated. It's about making smarter systems that act preemptively, not just reactively. And that wraps up our episode on the jump particle filtering framework. Jen, it feels like we're looking into the future of tracking technology. Indeed, Tom. The implications for safety, security, and efficiency are massive. Thank you all for tuning in, and we can't wait to share more exciting developments on our next episode. Stay informed and curious, everyone. Have you ever gazed into your breakfast plate and thought, what if these waffles could tell my fortune? Well, with Mystic Waffle Omancy Inc., that's no longer a syrupy dream. It's a reality. That's right, Jen. Imagine biting into the future, literally. These aren't just any waffles. They're your personal oracles, hot off the press. Each mystic waffle iron comes with its own set of mystical runes. Pour in the batter and let the magic unfold. Will you find love? Land that dream job? Mystic Waffle Omansi's patented technology reveals it all in a deliciously edible form. Plus, every waffle comes with a satisfaction prophecy guarantee. If your future doesn't look tasty, I don't know what does. So why just eat when you can enlighten? Head on over to mysticwafflomancy.com and divine your breakfast. Enchant your taste buds. Mystic Waffle Omancy, Inc. Because who needs a crystal ball when you've got a waffle iron? Welcome to another episode of our educational podcast, where today we'll tackle a fascinating topic in the world of machine learning, specifically the concept of minimum norm interpolation by Perceptra. 
which addresses explicit regularization and the implicit bias in neural networks. That's right, Tom. We're diving into the technical depths, so buckle up as we try to demystify this complex subject. We'll start with the basics, learning about shallow ReLU networks, what they interpolate, and how common optimization algorithms may exhibit a bias towards certain solutions. So Jen, why don't you kick us off with what a shallow ReLU network actually is? Sure. A shallow ReLU network is essentially a neural network with just one hidden layer using the ReLU activation function, which stands for rectified linear unit. It's like a gate in the network that will pass a value if it's positive or will block it if the value is negative. Right? And if you're picturing this, think of the ReLU function as a line that goes up as you move right on a graph if you're above zero, but stays flat at zero if you're to the left. Now, what does it mean for these networks to interpolate between known regions? That's an important question, Tom. To interpolate means to find a smooth path or function that effectively connects and passes through a set of points. Imagine you have certain data points from experiments, and you want your shallow ReLU network to predict values that glide through these points nicely. Got it. This gliding through is the interpolation part. But here comes the tricky word, minimum norm. That's a concept we pull from mathematics, where norm refers to the length or size of a vector. So Jen, what's so minimum about it? In simple terms, when mathematicians say minimum norm, they're talking about finding the smallest possible solution that still fits the criteria. Imagine you're on a hike and you can choose many paths to reach a viewpoint. The minimum norm path would be the shortest, most direct route to the top. That makes perfect sense. So in the context of our shallow ReLU networks, we're aiming for the most straightforward solution that still accounts for all the data points. But what is this explicit regularization that's mentioned in the paper? Great question. Regularization is a technique to prevent overfitting in machine learning models. Overfitting is like memorizing answers for a test without understanding the questions. Explicit regularization is when you add extra information or constraints to guide the learning process and ensure the model doesn't just memorize the data, but generalizes well to new, unseen data. And on the flip side, there's implicit bias, which is like the model's natural inclination. Different models and algorithms have tendencies towards certain solutions. The implicit bias isn't set by the programmer, it's just part of the algorithm's nature, sort of like how some people are naturally good at math or art. Exactly, Tom. The authors of this paper looked at how these shallow ReLU networks behave when they're tweaked to minimize this norm, and how they're influenced by the natural biases of optimization algorithms during training. Well, folks, that wraps up our intuitive dive into the topic of minimum norm interpolation by Perceptra. Remember, it's all about striving for that simplest path through the data, one that generalizes well but remains as uncomplicated as possible. We hope this episode has shown a light on a complex topic. Stay tuned for more insightful discussions on the interplay between mathematics, machine learning, and beyond. Are you tired of your dragon just lazing around, hoarding gold, and occasionally setting the cat on fire? Well, flap those wings and soar on down to Dragon Fiddle and Scales, Musical Beast Emporium. Where we don't just string you along, we create a symphony with your scaly companion. With our exclusive dragon-sized fiddles, your beast will be the Beethoven of the skies, the Mozart of the mountains. 
Watch Sir Fiddlestick's Flame Tongue's live demonstrations, where he tames the wildest worm with a whisk of his bow. Say goodbye to scorched sheep and hello to sweet, sweet melodies. Come on down to Dragon Fiddle and Scales. Where your dragon can rosin up its bow and you can finally reclaim the living room. Musical Beast Emporium. Because even a dragon can appreciate a good tune. Visit us before your dragon decides to start a metal band instead. Welcome back, podcast listeners. I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. Today we've got a heady topic for you, one that might conjure up images of algebra class back in high school. Oh boy, Jen, I hope it's not calculus. You know, I still have nightmares about integrals. No, no, Tom, have no fear. Today we're talking about nonparametric consistency for maximum likelihood estimation and clustering based on mixtures of elliptically symmetric distributions. That sounds absolutely terrifying. It does sound complex, but the core idea is actually quite fascinating. Let's break it down. In statistics, we often want to find patterns or groupings, what we call clusters in our data. Right, Jen. And these clusters can tell us a lot. Say, in a medical context, clustering might reveal different subtypes of a disease based on patient symptoms. Exactly, Tom. Now, to figure out these clusters mathematically, statisticians sometimes use models called finite mixture models. Picture it like trying to identify different fruit flavors in a smoothie blend. I like fruit smoothies. So if I can identify strawberry, banana, and kiwi flavors, those are like my clusters. Got it. Correct. Now imagine we use a special recipe for our smoothie, an elliptically symmetric distribution recipe. It's a fancy way to describe a broad range of flavors, not just our usual banana or strawberry, but also exotic ones like dragon fruit. So this elliptically symmetric thing is a way to model how the data our fruit flavors is spread out. But remind me, Jen, What's so special about this non-parametric consistency chat? Good question. When we cluster data, we often make some assumptions. For example, we might assume that our fruit flavors will always mix in the same way. Non-parametric consistency is a property that tells us our clustering method, or the way we find these fruit flavors, still works well even if our assumptions are a bit off. Ah, I see. It's like saying, okay, we were expecting a strawberry banana kiwi smoothie, but we got a strawberry banana dragon fruit mix instead. Can we still separate out the flavors accurately? You got it, Tom. This property can reassure us that our clustering method is reliable. We won't be fooled even if the actual data is a little different than what we expected. That's pretty cool. So these researchers Coretto and Hennig looked into this and provided some theoretical justification for using such models for clustering. Correct again. They essentially said, if you have a group of data points or patients that are distinct enough, even if the data doesn't perfectly fit the model, the clustering method should still help us separate them into different groups. So the math magic here makes sure that our clusters or patient groups are still identified accurately. Neat. Precisely. It's like having a fruit detector that can still identify when an unexpected fruit like pomegranate shows up in our smoothie. And that's crucial for things like personalized medicine or even tailored marketing strategies, where understanding the specific groupings in your data is key. Indeed, it is. It seems Coretto and Hennig's work is sowing some powerful statistical seeds that could blossom in a variety of fields. Beautifully put, Jen. And fortunately, no nightmares about calculus today, listeners. Just some sweet, sweet stats talk. That's all the time we have for today. 
Thanks for joining us on this deep dive into the world of data clusters and smoothie flavors. Share your thoughts with us online, and if you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe. Until next time, I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. Keep on clustering and stay curious. Ahoy there, space scallywags and cosmological corsairs. Are you looking to make a splash in the Milky Way? Then buckle up your asteroid belts because we've got a stellar sponsor for today's podcast, Astral Corsair Ensigns, LLC. That's right, Jen. Sick of sailing the starry sea with a bland banner? Bored of the same old solar standard? Well, fret no more, my galactic friends. Whether you're dodging black holes or trading laser fire with rival raiders, your flag should be as fearsome as a supernova. With Astral Corsair Ensigns, the sky's so very emphatically, unquestionably, no longer the limit. Their cutting-edge design team works in a secret space station to craft enigmatic emblems like the Screaming Comet Skull or the Nebula Nemeses, all swirling with otherworldly awe. And talk about tough. These flags laugh in the face of photon storms, scoff at space dust, and flip the bird at cosmic rays. Each ensign comes with optional space krakens with tentacles that actually float around your flag, thanks to zero-g enchantments. Navigate the celestial seas with a statement that says, Look at me, ye space lovers. Tremble at the sight of my personalized pirate prowess. So don't just float there like a discarded booster rocket. Make your mark on the universe. Visit Astral Corsair Ensigns LLC and hoist a sail that's as unique as your outlaw ambitions. Use promo code TOMANGEN to get 20% off your first flag and free galactic shipping. No black holes barred. Astral Corsair Ensigns LLC hoisting sails beyond space. The sky's no longer the limit, and neither is your reputation. Set the cosmos ablaze with your brand new flag today. And now, let's get back to our interplanetary podcast pirate banter. Er, are you ready, Jen? As ready as a space kraken at a starship showdown, Tom. Let's dive into today's topic. 